Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. We're going to wrap up a message or a sermon series this morning. You asked for it, so a few months ago, uh, we asked you guys what you would like us to talk about, what would like us to teach on. Uh, we started the series uh, with a question of who are we in Christ, what do we have, and what can we do in Christ? And the next week we talked about uh, the book Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. Uh, so two options if you miss these weeks. Uh, we have the Facebook Live option where we have uh, every, every message uh, you can go back and watch. Uh, or now we have iTunes. If you go to iTunes uh, the, the store, I guess, and just type in Primary Community Church, uh, we have it where you can download it on there and listen to it over and over and over. If our kids get in a lot of trouble, that's what we do to them. We download Daddy's sermons. And I'm just kidding. They're never in that much trouble. Uh, so today what I want to do to wrap up this series is uh, we are uh, going to kind of combine a few of these, uh, uh, these, these tags but uh, I want to just kind of segue into that. When Emily and I got married, I guess when we were dating, we both knew uh, that eventually we wanted to have pets. Uh, but what we found out was that there's a good chance this will never happen. Now, the reason for that is I'm from the South. Uh, I'm from the country. Uh, when I grew up, if you have a pet and the pet gets sick, nature takes its course, and then you get another pet. Uh, that's just the way it works. She grew up that if you have a pet, it's on that same line of your firstborn child. And if the pet becomes sick, you exhaust no effort, you, you take it to the vet. Uh, if you can't afford the vet bill, you get a second job. That, 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 that pet is part of your family. If the pet goes missing, you, you do uh, you know, uh, reward posters and you find the pet. Uh, and what I've come to, to find out as I've talked to some people about this is uh, it seems like more people are on her side than mine, uh, that pets are part of the family. And actually, I discovered I was uh, looking into it. Uh, does anyone know the largest reward ever offered or actually ever claimed for someone who found a lost pet? Uh, it was a few years back, $20,000. Somebody offered $20,000. Uh, and at the time, it was the largest reward ever for a lost pet, but then in 2017, a couple in Michigan had a house fire, uh, and in the house fire, three of their cats went missing, and they offered a reward of $25,000. Now, I want to be specific here. They offered a reward of $25,000 per cat. Uh, if you found one of the, each of their cats, so a $75,000 reward I want to let you know if anyone in this area ever offers a $75,000 reward for missing pets, uh, I'm going to take some time off work and I'm going to organize a search party and we're going to find that pet. Now, I want to ask you a question, and it sounds like a rhetorical question, but actually it's not. Uh, who of you would join my search party to find a pet for $75,000? Okay, most of us would maybe take a few days off work, join the search party, we're finding the pet, we're getting $75,000. Now, why would you join the search party? Uh, it's not because I'm such a, a wonderful guy to be around. It's simple, it's because of the reward. You would do it because of the reward. You know, the Bible talks about there are facets of our faith that the Bible teaches if you do these, God will reward you. Um, 
the Bible says uh, again and again that there are things that you can do in your faith and God will respond by rewarding you. You know what, what's, what's a little bit sad is we would form a search party for a $75,000 reward. But if we go through everything in Scripture that the Bible says, God the Father, the Creator of all creation will reward you, there are things in Scripture where we say, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm just going to get on with my life. Uh, David said in 1 Samuel, he said, The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. And his son Solomon said, The faithful, uh, faithless will be fully repaid for their ways, but the good will be rewarded for their ways. And what I want to do this morning is I want to look at some of the things that Jesus himself said when it comes to rewards from the Father uh, for things that we can do. So in Matthew chapter 6, we'll start in verse 5. It's on the screen here. It says, uh, Jesus said, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now I want to make sure you see this. It says, Your Father will see you praying and will reward you. Uh, our kids are at an age four and five right now where they will do pretty much anything we ask for a quarter. <laughs> and they think it's the greatest thing in the world. They will come help daddy do yard work for two or three hours and then get done and say, where's my quarter? And uh, you might think that sounds like child labor, but actually, <laughs> actually, if you saw how much work they do over the course of three hours, you would say, that's pretty generous of you. <laughs> the reality is, what they actually do for that reward is very little. And what I love in this passage is, there is this reward, and it's not asking us to compete in like a spiritual triathlon. It's not asking us to do anything strenuous. Jesus is saying, if you will just go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father, there is reward for you. The, the greatest of those rewards, I'll tell you, is that God meets you there. There is no greater reward than the presence of God meeting you in your prayer closet. You know, this is followed, this passage is followed by where he teaches the disciples how to pray. He says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, what's incredible is before he ever teaches them how to pray, he teaches them where to pray. He says, before you, before you pray, go somewhere in the secret place. Actually set aside time in your day to step away. I've talked to Emily about this, and it's, it's almost impossible uh, with the ages our kids are right now. Just step aside a little bit. Actually, I'll go step aside today. <laughs> I, I call today. Um, sorry, I get a little camera over here. Um, church, the Bible says, Jesus said, there is reward for you if you just step aside and pray. And I was listening to some podcasts this week, and one of the things that they said that I think I agree with is, uh, if we did a straw poll and we... We talk to those who, who are here this morning and you say, I, I feel like I'm in a place with God where I am just really close with Him. Uh, there, there's this uh, intimate friendship we have. 
Um, and then I said, well, where's, where's your prayer life? Anyone who's here, and they said, oh, I'm, I, am, I am there with God. Their prayer life usually reflects that. And say, my prayer life is just healthy right now. But if I took another straw poll and I said, who here, you know, you feel distant. You feel disconnected from God. And then I said, where's your prayer life? Usually it reflects your position, your proximity uh, to God. Usually if you're disconnected from God, you're distant from God, then you can look at your prayer life and say, well, there's the reason right there. I talked to him for an hour on Sunday mornings and, and, and then never again until next Sunday. And I wonder why I feel distant from him. Church, uh, Jesus, God, Promise that if you will set aside time to pray, He will reward you. He will meet you there with His presence. Uh, he makes another promise uh, after that. In Matthew chapter 6, He says uh, in verse 1, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. If you remember, David said, The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness. Jesus said, don't practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, when you give to the needy, so he's talking about practicing righteousness, and then he goes right into this. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by them. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving may be in secret, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There is reward, church, in giving. There is reward in generosity. Uh, I mentioned that what I'm going to do this morning is kind of com combine some of the topics you asked for. Uh, so this was one of the topics that's very specific. It just says money. Uh, you choose the topic that says money. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into this because uh, I'm going to talk about it in the coming weeks. Uh, but the Bible says so much about what our finances uh, should look like. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, I want to show you this passage. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then it says this, Test me in this. This is God speaking here uh, through the prophet. He says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Now, church, I don't want you to be generous for my sake. I don't want you to be generous for the sake of the church. I want you to be generous because the Bible promises that there is reward in generosity. I don't know how many times uh, you've ever heard, don't test the Lord your God. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it was established as a law in the nation of Israel. Do not test God. When Jesus was in the garden being tempted by Satan, he said, Satan, it is written, do not test the Lord your God. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. But through Malachi, it says the Lord Almighty makes an exception. Because he says, when it comes to how generous you can be, I want you to test me in this. I want you to see if you can outgive me. I want you to see if you can give more than I can bless you with. Test me in this. The only time in Scripture that God commands, I want you to put me to the test. Now my challenge here would be for you that this is not a message about tithing. In fact, if you look at what Jesus said, he said, 
when you give to the needy, when you, when you give to the poor, my challenge would, would be don't, don't just tithe, but out of abundance, give to those who are actually in need. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the kingdom of God, give to the poor, give to the needy. Give to those uh, who, who are less fortunate. That's part of what this angel tree is about here. But he says, when you do this, do it in such a way that nobody even knows about it. Now that is completely against our culture. Every time a celebrity makes a multi-million dollar donation, we know that he made a multi-million dollar donation because he goes on Twitter and he says, hey, I made a multi-million dollar donation. What the Bible says to do is give to the needy and don't let anyone know. Now, I would a little addendum, let your spouse know. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's my addition to that. But Jesus promises that your Father will see what you do in secret and He will reward you. And then finally, I'm going to read a, a third area where Jesus makes a promise of rewards. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18, He says this, When you fast, is anyone getting hungry all of a sudden? He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their, their faces to show others that they are fasting. But truly I tell you that they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, church, if there were a $75,000 reward for finding a pet, we would be all in. But we read a passage that says, abstain from food for a little bit, and we sweep it under the rug. Do you understand that, that the, the rewards that Jesus is talking about, the rewards, they far surpass any monetary amount that you can have on this earth. Now, biblically, church, fasting is not for the fanatic. Fasting is not for the radical. Uh, Ezra, church, fasted for prayer and for petition for God to move, and God responded. Nehemiah fasted as a declaration of repentance. What he was saying was, I'm drawing a line in the sand, and God, I am coming back to you. We can fast as a way of repentance. Now, when we do this, uh, you have to understand we live in the age of grace. When you fast for repentance, this is not a way of earning God's forgiveness. You have God's forgiveness. But what's happening here is he's drawing a line in the sand. Repentance simply means turning to God. And biblically, you can fast as a way of putting a line in the sand saying, God, I am returning to you in this time. David fasted because it brought humility back into his life. Whenever pride begins to, to, to rise up inside of us, fasting actually quashes that down and brings humility back into our life. Daniel fasted uh, prayer and petition when he was in desperate circumstances, when he was in uh, dire circumstances. Esther and many others did the same. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, the widow fasted as a way of seeking God more. In uh, Acts chapter 13, the believers are fasting and uh, as they are, the Holy Spirit speaks to them with great clarity and gives them direction and instruction. You can fast as a way of seeking God's instruction. We find them continuing to fast as they are sent on their journeys. 
sent out into their calling, Peter fasted, fasted and, and Paul fasted, and Jesus fasted. And, and you say, so many people fasted for so many different reasons. That's because this is what, what fasting is, church. Fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now, if all you do is refrain from food, that's called dieting and it's called starving. But if you look at fasting in Scripture, uh, time after time when it talks about fasting, it's fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. It tells God, I am hungrier for you spiritually than I am for food. Again, I want to emphasize that we are under uh, God's grace. Fasting earns you nothing. But fasting positions you for a touch of God. I say this because in January we're going to do something we've never done as a church, and I'm going to invite you into a corporate fast. Uh, this year, uh, in the week of January, a three-day fast I want to invite you on. Um, it, it's not a, a complete fast with no liquids. I would completely advise against a fast with no liquids, but I'm going to ask you uh, if, if you're healthy enough to consider uh, giving up food for three days and using those three days to seek God in fasting and in, in prayer. Now, as we do this in January, I'll talk more about it when we get uh, closer to it. I'm not going to give you your specific purpose for fasting, but I'm going to tell you you need a specific purpose for fasting. You need to know what you are seeking as you are fasting. If you are seeking breakthrough, bring that before God. If you're seeking direction, that's what you're seeking as you're uh, fasting. Intimacy or, or close, closeness. Or, or some of you might be here and you're saying, as we hit 2021, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm saying, God, this year I am taking those steps to return to you with all of my heart. And this is my way of presenting my body as a living sacrifice before you. I love the idea of doing this right in uh, the beginning of the year. Because the Bible says this, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is a way as we enter 2021 to say, I am seeking you first. My first priority this year, God, is to, 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 to make a declaration that this year is going to be different. Uh, Mike, if you can come back up. He makes a promise, church. Now, Jesus never commanded you to fast. But if you read scripture, it was just the expectation of the church. John the Baptist's disciples all fasted, and, and the, the apostles in the New Testament continued to fast, and Jesus fasted. He said, when you fast and when you pray, he said, when the bridegroom, talking of himself, is taken away, then you will fast. So it was expected that just, it's what people who walk with God do. Because of all the benefits that I've, I've listed here. Uh, as we get closer, I'm going to encourage you, if you have any, any health problems, to consult a doctor uh, it might be a fast of Facebook for some of you, or, or something like that. People still use Facebook. Oh, we're using it right now. All right, can you guys stand with me this morning? Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.